Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV, Emmanuel! Yes, you may be seated in the presence of God. Before going into the message today, there's an announcement I want to make, so please take note of this announcement. I believe we're all familiar with the announcement that has been running on Emmanuel TV for several months now concerning the removal of the overflow canopies. Now, before the man of God, Prophet T.B. Joshua, will say anything, it means he has seen something from God, something that we ourselves may not be able to see. So don't take this instruction lightly. This is a prophetic word that the overflow canopies should be removed. I believe all of us are aware of what is happening in the South American nation of Venezuela right now. You have perhaps watched the clip on Emmanuel TV where Prophet TB Joshua prophesied concerning this, not once on several occasions warning that nation about a coup, a, a change in the government. Let's, let's quickly watch the prophecy right now. We want you to revisit that prophecy because the same God that spoke to him, the man of God concerning a faraway country is the same God that gave this instruction. So quickly watch your screen and see the prophecy that the man of God gave. God is still saying something. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. When God's servant speaks forth, the wise listen. Deuteronomy 18, verse 22. God is still saying something. On Sunday, May the 15th, 2016, Prophet T.B. Joshua gave a prophetic message about the nation of Venezuela. These were his words. Hallelujah. I will continue to pray on my own for your country and for the world. But there is one now that is very, very close, which I will just say briefly. Venezuela is a Spanish nation. This Venezuela country, I'm seeing, which I'm praying that God should avert it. I'm seeing a coup that will take them back to their I mean, that will throw away the, the democratic system of government. Pray for this country. And uh, because it's very close, that is why I'm saying this. Anytime you pray, remember a nation like that. Step into the future. Be the first. Hallelujah. Now, I know if you follow the international news, you'll know what is happening in that country right now. The man of God here warned concerning this on several occasions, and I believe all of us are aware, familiar of when he spoke concerning that. So the reason we're bringing this to your attention is that there are so many prophecies God has given to Prophet T.B. Joshua, which you have seen come to fulfillment. I mean, just take a look at what's happening in our midst now. I believe many of you have watched Emmanuel TV or have been in the church when you heard Prophet T.B. Joshua say that God has promised him that he will raise up women, females, 
to be doing the work of God in healing, deliverance, and prophecy. Who remembers when the man of God said God has given him that promise? I, I hope you remember. Look at what is happening in our midst now. See what God is doing in our midst now. The prophetic word has come to fulfillment. So the same God that revealed these things to the prophet is the same God who gave him the instruction for now remove the overflow canopies. The reason we are stressing this is that we are still seeing a lot of people hanging around outside the church even when they're aware of this instruction. And we want to implore you to please follow the instruction in righteousness that the Christ workers, the ushers, and the evangelists give to you. If you come and is unable, there's no opportunity for you to enter inside the church, go home and watch Emmanuel TV. Distance is not a barrier. The same God at work in the arena of liberty here can touch you as you're watching at home. But obedience is the key to salvation. So please obey this instruction in righteousness. Crowding outside the church is not gonna make the man of God to change this instruction because it is an instruction from God. So obedience comes first. So once again, if you come, there's no opportunity for you to enter. You can't say that those inside the church should go out so that you should come in. No, you have to follow the instruction that the ushers, the Christ workers give you, and it shall be well with you as you do so in Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ. Yes, once again, turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Once again, turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Yes, God is indeed with us. It's, it's a privilege to be here in your midst today in the presence of God to share the life-changing, life-giving Word of God. My name is Brother Chris. I'm from UK, and I have the incredible privilege to have Prophet TB Joshua as a mentor. And that's the reason I'm here in your midst today to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, how are you? You, you, can, you can respond to your neighbor. How are you? I, I hope you're fine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, more important question. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor. How is your heart? You can answer the question to your neighbor. How is your heart? I, I hope your heart is fine. Because, you know, if your heart is fine, everything else will align in God's time. But your heart is the real man. That's what really matters. The reason we, we stress and emphasize so much about the hearts is that God speaks to our hearts, not to our ears. We're here in the church today, we're saying, God, speak to me, Lord. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your opinion, your direction, your revelation to my life. God is not going to speak to your ears in a loud, booming voice. My son, don't go there. No. He's going to speak where? Where? Your hearts. So... What is the states of your hearts? The question is not whether God is speaking to us. God takes care of his children. God speaks to us. He gives us his instruction, his direction, his revelation. The question is, are you listening to him? Are you sensitive to his voice? Are you in tune with him? Or is there a connection problem? You know what I mean by connection problem? Have you ever had a phone call with someone and the network was so bad that you cannot hear what a person is saying? Has, any, has that ever happened to anyone? If it's happened to you, raise your hand. 
uh, Nigeria, we have to look after our network. I'm telling you. The, the net, it's very frustrating. You want to have a conversation with someone, but the line is so bad, you can't hear what the person is saying. The person can't hear what you're saying. Instead of a conversation, you end up with frustration. Now, I want to give you a very quick example. This is a true story <laughs> about a phone call I received. Is there anyone here from Zambia? Anyone from Zambia here? If you're from Zambia, put your hands together for Jesus. Wonderful, I'm seeing some Zambians. You're very welcome. We know that Zambia loves Jesus so much. The reason I'm mentioning Zambia, I received a phone call. I'm, this is just an example. I'm not saying Zambia has a very bad phone network, but on this occasion, the man that called was from Zambia. He called the prayer line. I was holding the Emmanuel TV prayer line. In my life, I have never had such a strange conversation because the network was so bad. I was not hearing him. He was not hearing me. Let me give you an idea of what the conversation looked like. Hello, this is Emmanuel TV prayer line. How can we help you? Hello, 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 hello. Yes, I'm hearing you, sir. This is Emmanuel TV. How can we help you? Is this Emmanuel? Hello. Yes, this is Emmanuel TV prayer line. How, how can we help you, sir? My name is Hello. Your name is Hello? Okay, but what's the problem, sir? What do you need prayer for? I'm calling you from Hello. There's a country called Hello. This was this, I'm telling you, this is a real conversation. I now said, okay, sir, um, please tell me what is it that you'd like prayer for today? He said, can I speak to Prophet Hello? <laughs> Prophet Hello? I said, sir, this is the Emmanuel TV prayer line. The man of God has sent evangelists to pray for you. What's the problem? He said, I have the problem of hello. <laughs> I said, I can see you have the problem of hello, sir. But what is it that you would like prayer for? The man said, I need deliverance. De deliverance from what, sir? I have the spirit of hello. <laughs> At this point, I took matters into my own hands. I said, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, you spirits of hello, I command you to get out. Come out of him right now. And do you know what the man said? Do you know what the man said? No, he didn't say hello. He said, amen. That was the first time he heard me when I commanded the spirit of hello out. And after that, the line cuts. This is a true story. True story. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because the connection was so bad, the conversation ended up in frustration. How is your connection? How is your connection points? Because as I told you, God speaks to our hearts, not our ears. But for many people today, the place where God speaks to us, there's a network problem. Something is blocking, something is hindering, something is holding us back from hearing his voice, his instruction. And this is what I'm gonna to address today. Prophet T.B. Joshua says, the human spirit, when free, is sensitive to the spirits of God. But when bound and burdened, it loses sensitivity and becomes useless as an 
instruments. This will bring us to the title of today's message, Bound and Burdened. We want to address what is causing your spirit to be locked up, what is binding your spirit, your heart, and burdening your spirit. Now, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 14. Now, what I'm reading here is Jesus Christ's explanation concerning the parable of the sower. It's a very well-known parable. I'm sure you're familiar with it. So this is the explanation of the parable of the sower, and there's a particular verse that I believe identifies the hearts of the human dilemma. Okay, from verse 14. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word. Verse 19, now please take notes of this. Verse 19. But the worries of this world, of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Last verse 20. Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Now, first of all, I want you to learn a lesson here. Anytime the word is preached, the word of God lights and lands in different hearts. Our hearts are not the same. As such, the way we receive or resist the message differs. That's why preachers should not get carried away by the reaction of the crowd. How loud you clap, how much you shout, you say, amen, brother, preach it, pastor. Does your heart say this? Because if your heart receives this truth, your life will reflect this truth. It's not a matter of hand agreements. It's a matter of hearts agreements. Tell your neighbor hearts agreements. So please don't just give me your hands and clap and applaud today. Give me your hearts so that your life will reflect this message. Once again, verse 19. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. This summarizes what causes our hearts to be bound and burdened. Let's just take it one by one. The worries of this life. Worry, worry, worry. We're living in a world full of worries. In fact, the list of worries is endless. You see people worrying about their health, worrying about their future, worrying about education, worrying about today's politics, Worrying about their children, worrying about their finances, worrying about their stature, worry, worry, worry. But the truth, brethren, is that it is not the condition you are in that causes you worry, but the condition of your hearts. Worry is caused by what you give your heart to, what you set your hearts on. Because in this world, there will be trouble. In life, there's trouble. <laughs> That's life. There's nothing you can do about it. In life, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be ups and downs. Don't give your heart to that trouble. 
That's what Jesus Christ said. He said in John 16, verse 33, that in this world there will be trouble, but take hearts, I have overcome. What does that mean? Take hold of your hearts. Don't give your heart to trouble. Don't magnify your trouble above God because that's when it will lead you to worry, fear, anxiety, depression, seeking alternatives, all of which burden your spirits. Look, this is life. In life, not everyone's gonna speak good about you. People will speak good about you. People will speak evil about you. People will praise you. People will condemn you. Don't let it go to your heart. Don't give your heart to people's opinion of you. That's life. Is it woe to you if all men speak well of you? This, this is life. Whatever you place above God in your heart becomes a burden. Weighs your spirit down. Makes your heart heavy. Whatever you place above God in your heart. And when your heart is heavy, what happens? You can't be sensitive to his voice. You can't be in tune for prayer. When your heart is heavy, you'll find that little things can irritate you, little things can overwhelm you, little things can cause you agitation. You find yourself acting under tension and pressure because your heart is burdened. I remember a couple of years ago, Prophet T.B. Joshua praying for a lady in the prayer line. The lady had a placard that said, difficulty in walking due to knee pain. But this lady was huge. She was very, very big. She was very, very fat. So the man of God prayed for her. And she stood up and started walking. But she was walking slowly. The man of God stopped her and said, Madam, look, you are healed. But if you want to enjoy your healing, go and lose some weights. He said, if you don't reduce your weights, the pressure on your knees will be too much. And no amount of prayer in the name of Jesus, you are healed, will reduce that pressure unless you remove the weights. You see the principle here? You have to remove the weights in order to reduce the pressure. Many of us are acting under tension and pressure because our hearts are burdened. Our hearts are heavy. Our spirits are locked up. And this is affecting our Christian walk affecting our walk with the Lord. Prophet T.B. Joshua says, we that walk with the Lord run the straight race through God's good grace. But if your heart is bound and burdened, how can you run your race? Let, let, me, let me use a very practical, clear-cut example to demonstrate this. Can I get two people from the audience, but please, two young men, because this example requires some physical activity. Two young men. If God puts it in your heart, just come out. Two young men, two young men. Okay, I'm seeing one coming out. And this is another one. Okay, thank you very much. One, two. I'm sorry, sir, God bless you. So, two young men, come with me. Right, this very simple example, I'm trying to prove to you and explain to you the danger of your heart being burdened. Okay, sir, you stand this way. Sir, you come here. All right, now, <laughs> I hope you're ready. I know you didn't come to church for athletics. You came to church for your spiritual life. But just for this example, two of you are gonna race. All right, my brother, you're, you're running this way. My brother, you're running this way. First person here wins. Are you ready? Get yourself ready, get yourself ready. Oh, whoa, hold on. Oh, you're saying both, hold on, okay. 
three, two, one, go! Yay. Winner! Congratulations, my brother. Congratulations, he's the winner. Well done. Now, don't go yet. Come, come, come. Don't go yet. Don't go yet. You'll still have another chance, my brother. You'll still have another chance. My brother was able to run efficiently, effectively. Nothing was holding him down. Nothing was burdening him. Take your position again. Let, let's, let's, let's change the equation a little bit here. Let's, let's change the equation a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. Let's, a little bit of an equation change. My brother, put on this backpack. Just, just put, it, put it on your back. Right. It's time to weigh my brother down. Okay? You see this? Can you see this? Are you seeing it? This is worry. All right? No, look, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. This, you see this? This is fear. Oh, no, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. You see this? This is depression. I hope you're okay, my brother. All right, you see this? You see this? This is low self-esteem. Right. I can't even close the bag, it's so heavy. All right, okay? Now, let's, let's repeat the race. Let's see if there's gonna be any difference now. Okay? Let's see who's gonna win this one. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Three, two, one, go! Come, come, we're not finished yet, come back. Now, who won the race? The brother without the burden. Come back, we're still gonna continue this race. I'm sorry, my brother. <laughs> It's, it's all for your good. Now, do you know the painful thing? The painful thing about this, I'll tell you. For many of us today, our burden has taken our eyes off Jesus. We, we face a burden, something holds us back, holds us down. We try to solve the problem without God. We try to remove the weights without God. We try to lighten the load without God. And instead of helping the situation, we go from burden to bondage. Let me, let me give you an example. Let's just say my brother has been sent a, a threatening message, a text message that says, I'm going to deal with you and your family. And he's afraid. Fear is a burden. And he thinks to himself, what am I going to do? Okay, there's a friend who, who told me if I join the society that they can protect me. You say, let me go and join the society. Perhaps you, you hear about a spiritualist. They say they give you something, you put it in your pocket, it will protect you. Nobody can hit you. Even if they hit you, it will not penetrate. You put it in your pocket. What's happened? You've gone from the burden of fear to the bondage of witchcraft. You thought you would remove the fear. You've only made matters worse. Another example, many of us here today, you know what happens? Maybe some of us, we're depressed. We're busy thinking someone disappointed us. We're busy giving our heart to that disappointment. How could they do this to me? How can they say this about me? Because of that disappointment, that depression, you say, what can I do? Let me go out and enjoy myself. 
Let me go and take alcohol. Let me go and try drugs, try marijuana, try cocaine, try meth. What has happened? You've gone from the burden of depression to the bondage of addiction. You know, some of us, just a simple thing like offense. Someone speaks against you, says something wrongfully against you and your heart is pained. You begin to focus on the wrong done to you. Think about how can they do this to me? How can they say this about me? And you think to yourself, the only way I can feel better is to get revenge. They should suffer the way I'm suffering. They should feel the pain the way I'm feeling the pain. You begin to plot and plan how you can get back at the person. You've gone from the burden of offense to the bondage of anger. Some of us may have a low self-esteem. We isolate ourselves. We feel that people don't like us. We feel we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not intelligent or beautiful enough. Low self-esteem, inferiority complex. What happens? You say, let me, let me go on the internet and try and watch something that will satisfy me, that will remove my heart from this. You sit down and watch pornography. You watch the pornography. You end up masturbating. You think you've enjoying yourself. What's happened? You've gone from the burden of inferiority to the bondage of lust. Your heart is bound and burdened. And do you know what's happening? It's just like this. My brother, just come. Help me hold this. Already he's weighed down. Now he's tied up. It doesn't just end there. Let me, let me put up another one. Satan permission to chain you. You've given him the right to lock you up, to tie you down. I wonder what's going to happen in the race now. I wonder what's going to happen. Let's give it a go. This time we'll just race to here. Three, two, one, go. You, you may laugh, but many of our Christian lives look like this. We're stuck, we're stagnant, we're not moving, we're struggling, but nothing seems to be working. We go to church, we pray, we fast, but our heart is bound and burdened. And let me tell you this truth, people of God. Satan cannot remove a burden he created. Satan cannot loosen a chain he fastened. Some of us have this wrong impression. You say, I want to fight fire with fire. You want to fight envy with pride. You want to fight malice with jealousy. You want to fight, fight, fight anger with, with lust. You don't realize that they have the same father. They come from the same source. Satan is the author of bondage. He cannot bring freedom. Satan, Satan is the author of division. He cannot bring unity. 
Satan is the author of pain. He cannot bring peace. Only Jesus can set you free. You can't find freedom in the world. No one can remove this burden. No one can cut these chains. Only Jesus can cut the chains. Only Jesus can loose the burden. Only Jesus can remove the pain. Only Jesus can give you peace. Only Jesus. And what Jesus does is very simple. You just give him the opportunity. What does he do? He sets you free. He sets you free. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What does this mean? That doesn't mean that we cannot have trouble. That doesn't mean that people won't speak evil, evil about us. That does not mean there cannot be hardships, but it means you are not alone. You are, you are not alone. You and him are walking together. You and him are working together. You and him are facing the battle together. You and him are fighting the battle together. You and him are lifting the load together. You and him are facing the persecution together. You are sharing in his ability, sharing in his strength. And as you bless God in your trials, you will be blessed by God through your trials. Please put your hands together for uh, two brothers. Brother, come. Come and take an altar fruit. Come and take an altar fruits to thank God for the wonderful demonstration. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. I know the guy has been preparing for this moment. You were planning, this is the fruit I will pick. I've already prepared it in advance. God bless you, my brother. People of God, are you with me? Are you with me? I hope you understand what we are talking about. There's that scripture. Let's read it again. Verse 19, chapter 4, it says, The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, that the things of this world, desires for other things. This is the deception. Satan has perverted our minds and polluted our hearts to such a degree that we think what will bring us freedom actually puts us in bondage. I want to use this opportunity especially to speak to young people around the world. Young people, please listen to this. Because many of us, we are bound by the chains we call freedom. You say, ah, I want to be free. Ah, you want to rebel from, from your parents. Say, let me go out and enjoy things of the world. I want to experiment with this, try some drugs, try some alcohol. I want to try this, do this, go there, be free. I don't want people to restrict me. And what you think is freedom is actually putting you in bondage. For many of our generation today, Satan does not even have to worry about planning and plotting your destruction because you're using your own hands to damage your own destiny. You're using your own feet to fight your own future. You can't enjoy Satan's food without being contaminated by his poison. You can't drink Satan's wine without being exposed to his venom. And so, we sacrifice our future for the sake of trying to be free.
Psalm 55 verse 22 simply says, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Hebrews 4 verse 3 says, for we who have believed enter into rest. If, if we truly believe, our hearts will be at rest. Ask yourself right now. Check yourself right now. Is your heart at rest? You can know yourself. If your heart is restless and uneasy, if you're afraid of this and that, you're, you're, you're struggling with your own efforts, it shows you have not yet believed. Many of us have come to church today, we've come to pray over a certain problem, a certain issue arising in our life. Yet afterwards, we go back home and we're still worried. We're still anxious. We're still distressed as if we never prayed at all. The Bible says when you believe, you'll be at rest. When we believe, we will no longer worry. We'll be like a child resting in the arms of, of their parents, their mother, their father. That's a picture of us Christians. The storms can be raging around, the, the winds and the rains swirling around, but we're resting in the arms of our father. If we commit our ways and our works to God, he has promised to carry us in the arms of his power and strengthen our spirits by his spirits. So brethren, why? Why, why do we waste so much time reliving things that cannot be changed? Worrying about things we have no control over can worry add a second to your life. This is Satan's tactic, keeping us in this, this web of deception, this cycle of life, guilty about our past, worried about our present, fearful about our future. Don't listen to his lies. You are a child of God. You don't need to be bound by the pain of the past or burdened by the fear of the future. Listen, say, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm a child of God. My sins are forgiven. So I'm not guilty about the past. God is with me. So I'm not worried about the present. Heaven is my home. So I'm not fearful about the future. So brethren, to round up this message, I want to share with you a, a valuable lesson. In this ministry, I've been privileged to travel to several countries around the world for crusades with Prophet TB Joshua. And you have the privilege of meeting people and, and they share their problems, their situations, their challenges that they want prayer for. And one truth I've realized, irrespective of country or culture or color, problems that people face all over the world, let me tell you a very simple but valuable truth. As you are busy, somewhere praying for what someone has. Someone is busy somewhere praying for what you have. You see poor people today praying, God bless me, God give me riches, 
Do you know there are some rich people right now praying, God, take these riches away if I can have good health. Why am I saying this, brethren? 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 7. For godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing out of it. Do you know the greatest blessing anyone could pray for? Peace of heart. For you to be able to put your bed on the pillow at night and sleep with peace. Not having to take medication to force yourself to sleep or to sit there counting the stars because you're so worried and burdened and anxious. Or you go to bed thinking about what people are saying about me, thinking about my situation, thinking, thinking, thinking. If there's any blessing you should seek now, it's peace of hearts. How, how do we receive this? Cast your burdens upon Jesus. In conclusion, brethren, instead of worrying over our cares, turn them into prayers. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, Instead of worrying over your cares, turn them into prayers. Worry is a thief. Robs us of joy, robs us of peace, robs us of hope. It's a thief. What would you do if you, if you found a thief had, had entered your your, your environment, what would you do? You found a thief, you would quickly raise the alarm, quickly alert the authorities, there's a thief here. Why then, when worry knocks at the door of our hearts, do we dignify its presence with our attention? If worry tries to infiltrate your heart, what do you do? You go to the higher authority and alert the higher authority, Jesus. Quickly go to him, the best remedy against anxiety is to cast our burdens upon God for his divine will will calm our spirits. So brethren, get ready for God's visitation today. Viewers all over the world, get ready for God's visitation today. God will visit your life today. But please take note, he's not gonna visit your flesh. He's going to visit your hearts. So what is the state of your heart? Is it bound? Is it burdened? Will you receive him or resist him? One thing is clear. If your heart receives this truth, your life will reflect this truth. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts. In Jesus' name.